0: Welcome back to Our Street. My name's Kurt Elder, and we're back live in the studio. It's been a long time, but I'm glad that we're here. However, on one of our main trips back, our dear friend Lynn Fisher and our co-host is uh, enjoying his grandchildren this evening. They all came from all around for the Fourth of the for the Fourth of July holiday weekend, and we do not blame him for having that good time with that family. But tonight, we do have a I think it's going to be an interesting conversation tonight. Uh, with a now, I have two guests actually. I thought I was going to have one, but we have two. So our first guest is Derek Jones and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Help me out again, Ariel. Ariel Jones as well. We call her Motown. Motown, I like it. So, uh, a little bit about so how we generally do our show. Uh, just to give you a little, uh, no, you know, breakdown here is. When we think about our program, we do a quick in- introduction of uh, what topic is, then we allow you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how we got to the situation right now. Here about two, three weeks ago, I was in uh, Derek's business uh-huh. and, and we just got to talking and realized that we had a lot in common and I wanted to learn more about some of those facets of his history. So he had a nonprofit and that nonprofit's name was... Goal Mine. One more time. Goal mind. G O A L M I N D. Goal mind. Goal mind. All right. So I want to learn more about that and what that was here in our community. But before we get into that, our listeners may not know you or your personas or or as as your side hustles. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, are you from Lincoln? How did you get to this place? And how how did we get here?
1: Yeah. Um. My parents moved us from Chicago to Omaha and then to Lincoln. And um, my dad had a show on a community radio station called KBMT. It was way back in the day. And um, he used to let me come up to KBMT and play in the pre-production room um, while he was doing his show. And so I fell in love with radio, fell in love with being a DJ, got it from my dad. And um, um, when I was a teenager, I got my first opportunity to be on KZUM something I'd always dreamed about and uh, fast forward ended up having a show a few shows um, spanning about eight years and I've been DJing in the community for several years uh, all the way back to middle school Um, I've been in love with the craft and been DJing in the community for many years and just very blessed to have the support of the community Uh, they keep me busy they keep me booked and um, three months ago um, we had the opportunity to, to start our own club and so we are um, now operating our club and um, met, met
0: met you Kurt <laughs> and here we are yeah it was <clears throat> you know, I think our listeners might know that I uh, I just tend to talk to anyone and everyone and, and, and it becomes a lot easier when you have someone else who's also active and engaged within their own communities and you can banter back and forth and you just move forward yeah but um, so just, just so our listeners also know, what is your DJ name? If they D-love. might. D-L-U-V. DJ D Love DJ D Love. So we were here. What I, what I really want to learn more about was this nonprofit yeah. that, that you had talked about. Yeah. When we had met within your business and we were just having this conversation, uh, you know, instead of me trying to just, uh, replay the whole conversation, let's just start at the beginning, um. Yeah. What was the name, and how did it come to yeah. be? Um,
1: you know, the the goal. So so for me, um, when I was growing up, um, I always tell this story. I'll tell it really quick. I was in careers class in tenth grade, and um, we were all supposed to um study our career. We spent the semester studying our career. We were going to write a paper about it. We were going to do research about it we were gonna go out and shadow somebody and we were going to learn and, and dive into what we thought we wanted to be. And I knew exactly what I wanted to be. I was actually doing what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a DJ and I wanted to be a barber. So um, I looked in the careers book and I was searching for DJ and it wasn't in there. And so I raised my hand and I told the teacher, my career is not in here. What am I supposed to do? She said, What do you what do you want to be? And I said, I'm I'm gonna be a DJ. And so she kinda like laughed it off. And um long story short, that's what kinda um I lost interest in school. I just I didn't see in my 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 life, my career wasn't in that book. And so now it was like it, it wasn't was like a sanctioned, joke. It wasn't approved, it wasn't yeah. recognized. Yeah, so I couldn't go shadow anybody. There was nothing, you know, for me to, I had to go pick something else. She asked me to go pick something else. And so, you know, it just was like, I kind of checked out. So fast forward, um, I knew that hip hop culture could, is a a real career. There are real jobs in the entertainment industry, um, in the music industry, and um, through the culture, kids like me, could find their place, find their way. And if you use it correctly, you can be re-engaged into school. And I was disengaged because of of situations like that. And so how can I give back to younger people so that they didn't end up like me, um, dropping out, um, getting into trouble, and being disengaged in school? How can I utilize
0: my craft? just to make sure that I have a context here <clears throat> this assignment came in what grade or at what age tenth grade tenth grade fifteen and so how soon after that did you disengage fully from school and drop out i I ended up
1: getting expelled actually but okay. it was it was a res, it was a result of me disengaging sure and just not you know i was I was the guy that was like um active in all the clubs social um know had a lot of potential but I just didn't see the importance of getting my education because I was gonna be a DJ and I just didn't see how me being in school could play a part in me being a DJ I was just like riding it out until I got old enough to act, actually DJ in the clubs
0: so this engagement happens life happens what was it so as someone who is on the you know, front side of different nonprofits. Our listeners may not know that. There's work and effort and you know, you know, there's a whole lot of love that is on the front side. I mean, going through that paperwork and through that process isn't something that you're just going to do because you just want yeah. to get some kicks off. What was that process of building that nonprofit? I mean, whether it be paperwork or whatnot, did you have mentors that you looked up to or uh, who helped you through the process or did you do it by yourself? Uh, we we kind of did it on our own, um, you know. And so
1: so, it, I decided to go and volunteer. That's how it all started. I decided I wanted to go out and just give back to the community. I wanted to. I, so I, I started doing this program, and, and with the help of my my partner, uh, Otto Green Jr. Um, he was he was kind of my mentor, and he. Um, had a lot of resources and connections to the people that we needed to know to to be able to Get what we needed to start the nonprofit. So I to answer that question Otto green was was instrumental in that and he was he was the guy that that really helped me um, Make that happen and help us make that happen. So but before that we just I just started I just literally um, Called out to some teachers. I knew and to LPS and signed up for some summer programs As a volunteer, and so before we
0: go too much further down this road, the year again just for just for our listeners out there, the name of that nonprofit then and what what did it do and how did it do it? Before we get too too far down. down What did it do? How did it do it? Right. Uh, So
1: so utilizing goal mind G O A L. So um, obviously you know having a goal and being goal minded and um, and and how can we achieve that goal, right? So, um, utilizing the core subjects or being able to teach core subjects, utilizing hip-hop culture, teaching math with hip-hop, teaching English with hip-hop, teaching science with hip-hop. That's the goal. Because if kids that are writers and don't see the importance of writing and being in school and reading and, and paying attention and getting good grades and going to college, if we can help them see the importance of that through hip-hop, then they may engage in school and they may, you know, stay in school and allow school to get them to where they want to be as a writer. So again,
0: <clears throat> great stuff. But if I could go back a few steps in. You said that we started this no, nonprofit. You you had mentioned Otto Green uh, Jr. yourself. Anyone yeah. else involved in that effort? It was pretty much just
1: us. You know, I, I um, Otto was Otto was older than me. I grew up kind of him be, him being my mentor. I, I grew up hanging out with his nephews, and um, you know I I just found myself kind of gravitating to him. You know, because he just was full of knowledge, full of, of wisdom, uh, positivity, and he also produced music. And wrote music, and
0: he was a pretty active guy himself. Very active in the community. He's he's a pillar in the community. Is he still here? Is he still? alive No, he actually. Um, him he. Uh, him and his family are now in Nashville. Oh well, it seems like a uh, perhaps a natural p- progression for someone of that yeah. kind of talent, then yeah. that makes sense. So a nonprofit gets started, and you had said that you'd reached out to different uh, persons with an LPS, different core subjects. Yeah. Um. What year was that? Do you think? Um,
1: I would I'm gonna say o six o seven.
0: So, I have tried to work with LPS on different projects, getting curriculum and, and, and then education and process into the classroom, and that's kind of a kind of a kind of a kind of a, kind of a tough thing to do because they they have so many things that they have to teach and just trying to add in additional even though. You know, quality programming on top of what they're what they are already doing can be tough. Yeah, is that why you went to the summer program route? Um, no, I just wanted to volunteer. Okay, and volunteering was easier just through that summer program. Yeah,
1: yeah, I hadn't got to LPS yet. I was just more of like I knew some teachers, and it was like, hey, gotcha. I just want to volunteer. Do you have anything that I can do? I want to I want to bring this program to
0: some kids. So when we look at those teachers that were engaging with you. Was it all kinds of subjects, or was it just one, one or two main focuses that they had an idea in, or:
1: No, it was my idea. I just wanted to teach hip hop.
0: Well, how about we, let me rephrase that. Was it math teachers mainly, or was it science teachers or um, I'm just trying to understand what kind of core subject you know grabbed onto the idea first, and then we can move on from there.: Kelly King taught at uh, Bryant.
1: This was back when they were on 40th. Okay. And I I can't say exactly what subject she taught because she was like a she was like a chameleon. She just kind of taught everything. That's how good teachers are though. She, they? She, was, she was she is an amazing teacher. So she just taught she really taught life, you know. And so she she just was an amazing teacher. And then um, Susie Schultz, who um, was a music teacher in High School. Very influential. Um, and she, um, so yeah, you know, teachers like that. But again, Susie was more like a life teacher. She, you know, people came to learn music, but it just was, it
0: was different. So what we need to do is just take a quick little break. But yep. after the, after this break, I want our listeners to know what we're going to talk about. And what I'd like to learn more about is just the interaction with students, the feedback that you got, okay. how you engaged parents because I think we would both agree that if we want to really change arcs in our neighborhood and in our community, especially within the realm of youth, sometimes you need to touch the parents as well. And then we'll talk a little bit about how the nonprofit uh exited and if there's still space for it in the future. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. All right, hey, to our listeners out there, we're having a great conversation with Derek Jones and his daughter, please stay tuned and we will be right back. And welcome back to our stream. My name's Kurt Elder and man, does that mic just sound so much better. It does. Ooh, good to say to our to, our, to our guests and uh, so Derek and his daughter and to our listeners out there, I apologize for that but again, I was just sharing this uh, little sentiment during the break that it's we have not done that many live shows in the last two and a half years and I feel like I'm just relearning this board and relearning this process and this just sounds This sounds like my voice, mm-hmm. and so that's nice. So as I had said during our uh, break before, well, before we went on break was that I'd like to learn more about the impact and outcomes on the students that were involved in this summer education effort, using hip hop to learn different core, core subjects within education to keep them engaged in school because that was not your experience. So can you tell us a bit more about how those students engaged?
1: It was um it was incredible the impact that we were able to have. Um, but not surprising because hip hop is a very dominant uh force in uh culture, in you know, life, in music, in entertainment. And so it's just something that kids just gravitate to. And it, it bridges gaps, you know, um between ages, ethnicities, languages. Um hip hop is global. So, you know, when i come into a classroom that is normally chalkboards uh, erase you know dry erase boards maybe a tv you know your your monitor and i come in there with my turntables coming in there with speakers coming in there with dancers and you know when i walk into a room with turntables it changes the room immediately kids are like are we going to have a party up in here or something like there's a dj walking into class so I set up the turntables, and then and then I immediately the first thing that I do is I turn everybody into a DJ. And, I, and that's why I, I say everybody in this room is going to be a DJ before we leave. And it's just like, you know, you'll see the eyes light up. And so then we form a line, and we give everybody a chance to actually touch the turntables. And we we physically make them scratch and mix, and everybody gets a turn. And so it's just like it's, it's this interactive thing that everybody a chance to get involved and then we go from there.
0: So when we look at the actual, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, the actual process of teaching math or science or whatnot, do you have a set um, rhyme or performance or something, or do you encourage the kids to talk about the subjects that they're learning through the cadence and through the, through the physical, ness of what a turntable is. How does all that transfer into knowledge at the end?
1: Yeah. Um, so, for example, uh, let's say we want to teach English, or we want to teach writing skills. We'll we'll break down lyrics. You know, we'll have you know a, a popular song that all the kids know, and so we'll take the song and we'll break down the words, and we'll talk about what they mean, and what it means to them, and what they get from the lyrics. So, so now we're you know we're getting into a little bit of it, it starts to get kind of deep because we're talking you know maybe I don't know if philosophy is the word, but um, you know we we culture yeah. So you know so so now we're we're discussing lyrics, and now you know we have a writing exercise, and so now you know we're we're writing and we're reading and we're breaking words down and,
0: um, you know, we're, we're, we're digging into English. Well, I, <clears throat> so as I was getting ready for this interview, what kept going through my mind is, excuse me out there for my, perhaps I'm going to butcher this, but in different TikTok duets, you'll have a composer who will have a beat to cadence that she'll have her mm-hmm. verse or his verse. And then you give space for someone else to create a verse. It seems like mm-hmm. you could do something very similar with this, right? Yes. So when we think of students engaging in that method, do you have any anecdotal evidence or maybe evidence is too strong or just, or just do you have better connections with the teacher to say that, you know, I think the student really engaged. I think that they really enjoy this kind of education. Do you have any collected stories like that, that just feed your soul a little bit? One of the most,
1: um, one of the most impactful stories I, for me, was when we did a presentation for a group of psychotherapists on how to better connect with their, with their, um, with their people, with their clients, and, and particularly the the youth. And um, I had a a, a a psychotherapist call me, and and we had just simply encouraged him to go get some of these kids' favorite albums, even if it's just one, and listen to their album. Next time they have a session, talk about the album. And he said to me, said I I went and bought Tupac. Heck yeah. I listened to Tupac. And I had my next session and I got more from this kid in one session than I've gotten in my entire time just because we had something that they loved and that I actually paid attention
0: to, him and that I was able to relate. Or at least understand the verbiage, the words, the cadence mm-hmm. in which someone might be speaking from. So the nonprofit lasted for a little while. Yeah. But then eventually, whether through, you know, time, effort, uh, just the lack of those, and, and not in a negative context, but just sometimes life just gets in the way. Things just go off to the side. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? And what's the status of that nonprofit now? I would say it's um,
1: Otto is in Nashville, um, and he is still kind of um, involved in. Um, he's keeping it alive uh, more so than I am at this point. Um, so it's the nonprofit is still the uh, gold mine is still very much alive. The nonprofit itself, the day-to-day, the programming, um, no longer exists the way that it did. And honestly, I can't tell you exactly what happened. It just, you know, it's it's hard.
0: It's tough to be a startup nonprofit in this city, especially if you have a small support staff. If you have a yeah. board, and but one finding a board that is that you have enough like-minded people with the same broad goal can be kind of difficult by itself. Um, but we should have some conversations about that Except I have a few ideas. Sure. Um, so sometimes things just kind of just subside and the dust settles and mm-hmm. that's just what it is. If there was someone out there and they really liked this idea and they wanted to learn more or do it themselves or if or if there's another nonprofit that just wanted to take what you do, did and, and, and are passionate about, but bring it into their own realm... What's the best way to make those cogs happen? What's the best way to connect those things? Um, I think Even if they just want to learn more? I mean, it doesn't have to be a big master strategy planning session, but if they wanted to take the next step. I think, it, you know, it starts with
1: the, you know, it just starts with the person. Like, you know, it, it you have to be um, you have to be passionate about the culture and you have to be able to, you know, convey it to the youth in a way that they can receive it. And um, you know that's where it starts—is that connection. You know, having the ability to make that connection. And if if that isn't you, then it just needs to be somebody that you can identify that can, uh, because that's what it, that's what it really was about for us—just just making the connection with the youth and 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 having an impact because we were from the culture, we are from the culture, and so they they knew that it was authentic and sure. they, they they took to it. So just you know, just be authentic, because a lot of people are are. You know, n- n- not authentic, and you know kids know. Kids know.
0: Well, yeah. um Perhaps a I don't want don't think it's gonna be our last question, but it might be a last question based on how you answer. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and and especially as we've gotten older, because then then that then the hindsight marinades with all yeah. these other other experiences. Hindsight being 2020, plus all that other experience that we've gathered in life, if you had to do it again, what would change?
1: I wouldn't change anything. Um, I wouldn't change anything. I, you know, we had so much fun. We, you know, to this day, people stop me and they're like, hey, you, you don't remember me, but I was in jail and you came and you brought your turntables you know or hey i you don't remember me but you came to my class one day and like you changed you changed my perspective like you changed some kids blame me for changing their life and and i literally it just it just was from me bringing in my turntables and having some real conversations with kids and, and just being accessible and just being available and we made some we made impact on people's lives and you know you know that old saying like if i can change one life if i can make an impact on one kid that would be enough for me i can honestly sit here and say that i've had several people say that we've had an impact a real impact on their on their life and on their perspective and giving them some motivation and some inspiration so like you know i can't i wouldn't go back and change that Give me a little bit more money so I can fund my own <laughs> nonprofit and not have to sit here and beg everybody for some, for, some, for some salary dollars so I could not have to work full-time, feed my daughter, and still yeah. do what <clears throat> needs to be
0: done. But other than that, no. So just for our listeners' sake, one of the conversations that we had uh, about ways and <clears throat> perhaps specific categories of which might be possible avenues that might have a bit more dollars attached to them would be talking about health through hip-hop and, mm-hmm. and and talking about those other determinants of success in life. So, English is very important. I, I love sentence diagramming. I think our listeners could probably understand that I'm a nerd enough to really enjoy that. <clears throat> but, there's just so many things that we can talk about. We have to engage people where they are and then how they communicate. And I think that when you told me about, told me about this uh, effort, this nonprofit, I just thought that was a really cool idea. And I want to thank you for taking time, for not only to you know, share more with me, but also with my listeners about, about Goalmine. And if they wanted to Google that, would there still be some content out there on the web? There might be. Uh, we,
1: we were in the paper several times. Um, well, we had an opportunity to take over the lead center for an entire weekend. We threw uh, Lincoln's first and only hip hop summit for an entire weekend, that was just a wonderful experience. Um, we got to the point where we had our own uh, facility, and we were discussing, you know, uh, a real program that, that that kids could walk in and kids could sign up for, and kids could be a part of on a daily basis. So, like we, we made a lot. We 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 were able to achieve a lot of things with a very tight little budget. And I have seen other peers, you know.
0: Do more with less So you know um, This is a blessing So if someone out there Wants to take this on Or just explore this idea A bit more Yeah You may or may not have time That's cool But if they wanted to learn More from you Is there a way To get a hold of you Yeah just call me Uh, 402 Thank you 5707705
1: Like anything That I know I'm willing to share Um, That's what this is about That's what hip hop is about Somebody taught me How to DJ It's my job to teach you
0: all right and with that that's a great closer by the way i don't think i can do that every week but let's just go with that hey for our listeners i'm Cardelder. and for our dear friend and host co-host lynn fisher who's who has enjoyed his uh family time lynn we miss you we look forward to having you back on our next show but stay tuned for here in nebraska we'll see you next week